anyway, so I already know Final Cut. So I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to go back to Final yeah, Cut. Yeah, that's have to, what I learned. But I, had to move, but I had to move my entire Final Cut library off the computer. Because it's like, at this point, it's like 300 gigs. Yeah. And I was like, well, I don't know what to do. I'm like, well, I can just work off of an external. But obviously, that's really slow. So I bought an ex- a two terabyte external SSD. Oi. It was like 300 bucks. Yeah. And I lost it in the couch. Jesus. Like a week later. It yeah, wasn't yeah, lost, yeah. though. It was in my lunchbox in the fridge at work. That was... Anyways. What do we do? Are you going to intro? Are we going to talk about how we know each other? Do you, do you have a jingle? Can Vicky make you a jingle for when you start your... Oh, right. We got to wait for the camera. Jamie, pull it up. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Megan Munsell, back again. <laughs> Today we're coming with uh, Taz. Introduce yourself. My name is Taz. I have been friends with... Full Megan. name. Oh, Taz Jania Lozano Stenner. Okay. And, I like uh, it. <laughs> I've been friends with Megan and Vicky for... Since we moved here, 2014. Yeah. We moved that to long, Texas. six years. Mm-hmm. We moved to Texas, March... 2014. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember when I first met you, you looked like Jimmy Neutron. And um, one of the first times we all went out, we went out to this place called The Slippin', R.I.P. You remember this? Yeah, absolutely. And I remember learning that um, Vicky, because that was the first time I met Vicky. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, and so. I just, bring her sometimes. <laughs> um, and so I remember her telling me that she had studied, like, audio something rather and we just talked about it all night and it was crazy and here we are and I remember learning that you guys were gonna get married at some point and immediately I said I'm gonna go to your wedding and yeah. indeed I went to your wedding and I was almost late um even though I had cro- I had traveled we were late. <laughs> the United States to go but thankfully you guys were running late because you didn't like Vicky's hair it's true and so um, I made, him I made it, it mm-hmm. just in time for your wedding yeah yeah true story we got married 2015 yes and um you know you're, like, not supposed to see your bride before the wedding? Yeah. That was not going to happen between you guys yeah. at all. So I walk in, like, the bridal room of our... Which bridal room? There was two. Just kidding. Oh, man. It's actually really funny because Vicky was in a bridal room with, like, her friends, and they were all fixing her up and this and that, whatever. And I was just by myself in the other room. I think with Johnny, <laughs> our photographer, he, like, took pictures of me. And then he was like, well, what now? And I was like, I don't know. It's just me and Johnny. Hanging out like bros. I didn't have any, like, friends. But anyways, so I, like, go across the hall to the bridal room, which is, like, Vicky and her friends and my sister and all this. And I look inside, and I see her hair. And I was like, no. (laughs) And they're like, they're like, what? And I was like, redo it. Yeah. And they're they're like, we already took pictures. And I was like, I don't care. Redo her hair. And they're like, what do you mean? And I was like, one of y'all fix it. (laughs) And it made our wedding late. Because I, yeah. like, literally lost it. And, and I'm so grateful. I want to tell you, in hindsight, I do not regret that decision. <laughs> it looked so much better after they read it. How about her um, teal polish? Beautiful. She was lovely. She was absolutely lovely. Beautiful. I'm so glad because we read it our hair. She looked amazing. It was an awesome wedding. We had barbecue. Yeah, yeah. From, like, some local place over there. And then afterward, remember, we went to Outback Steakhouse. <laughs> yeah. 
And we had the, our goal was to have the cheapest wedding of all time. It was great though. It was still like really beautiful. Like the venue was really, really sweet. And it was great. Yeah. It was great. My goal, oh man, I was such an asshole about the whole thing. I just thought it was the stupidest thing. It was lovely. And it I, was so I, lovely. In hindsight, you know, I'm glad we did it. But I was yeah. like, how much is this? It's not worth it. And they're like, man, just chill like out. Yeah, no, it was great. It yeah, was we great. went out back, and here we are. You, I love it. it was in Maryland, but we were all living in Texas, you, yes. you included, and we all flew to Maryland for the wedding. We did. And you came. I did with your boyfriend at the time. At the time, not current boyfriend. Not anymore. And here we are, still friends. Yeah, look we've, at us. We've made. Look, look at us. Would, would you look at us? <laughs> I won't even go down that road. But yes, yes, yes. Yep. Yes. Your hair is much longer now. You don't look like Jimmy Neutron. No. You also don't la- look like Paige. What's her face? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm a normal, regular person now. You are. Yeah. You're lovely. Um, okay, so I'm excited. Yeah. So um, Taz and I want to have a conversation. I actually just asked her to do this. I um, asked to be on here, and then she decided the topic, and I was okay with it. Yeah. Um, I never, ever, ever talk about anything controversial <laughs> just by being gay. I never really talk about being gay. I mean, we acknowledge that we're gay, but... We never, like, talk about pride stuff or anything like that. It's yeah. not a conversation about being gay, but I'm never well, ever... it's t- the only part of you. Yeah. I never talk about anything controversial. This okay. one hopefully won't be too controversial, but um, I think it's really cool because you and I on paper are very, very, mm-hmm. very different people. Yeah. Obviously, my whole world revolves around fitness. My job revolves around making time for fitness. And on paper, we're... Yeah. Very different. Yeah. But yeah, very close friends. Yes. Uh-huh. And I wanted to have a conversation about being different and mm-hmm. yet having honest conversations. Yeah. And maybe like I just I feel like right now <clears throat> people use everything as a very divisive conversation. Yeah. Even the masks, right? Like yeah. whether or not you should wear a mask right now is a super polarized conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And it's and it's kind of crazy to me how I feel like our culture has come to a place where it's me versus you mm-hmm. all the time. And it's yeah. like, if I disagree with you, then we're done. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. not like, hey, we are different, but that's okay. Yeah, yeah. And anyways, I just... I yeah. You're very different than me, but mm-hmm. we have a good relationship, so yes. I thought this would be a really great opportunity to talk about that. Yeah. And I feel like um, right before we started recording, we kind of talked about, like, okay, hey, this is the flow where I want to talk about this, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Um, and I think ultimately, once I've thought about it a lot more, I think it comes down to, like, our personal identity. We both feel incredibly strong in who we are. Mm-hmm. Um, therefore, whenever we do have differences, it doesn't change my world. It doesn't, like – throw my life upside down or anything like that. And I think because I'm confident in who I am and you're confident in who you are, we can then respect that. Like it doesn't change anything for me. I'm not like threatened by our differences. If anything, I'm like, okay, well, she's simply different than I am in the same way you can acknowledge and celebrate my differences, right? Um, And I also think it comes down to like – I just firmly love people, right? I love people of all kinds. Um, I love people of different backgrounds, different – races, age, whatever that looks like. And so if I love people, then I see that they have immeasurable value. Then like, it doesn't matter what they think or how they think or what they are. I mean, even people that I firmly disagree with, right? Like, let's just go to the, op- I don't know, something super, super crazy. I can still acknowledge that they have like value and I can still honor that and celebrate 
something in them. Um, and again, like there were, I mean, there are people who definitely impact my life, but I can still, I can still find something to celebrate. And so, um, let's just say someone, I don't know, doesn't think that like women should work at a church or vote. Yeah. Like something super, super wild. Um, I'd be like, okay, well I firmly disagree with you, but, um, there must be a reason that you came to this conclusion. I might not agree with it, but it doesn't, impact anything in my life like I still firmly believe that it's okay and normal for women to vote completely acceptable um but I think it just comes down to how you see other people and you know what your personal identity is Mm -hmm. yeah you I told you the other day that I wanted to have this conversation Uh and then you were like oh yeah I I, um we just had the sermon about this at church you should watch the sermon (laughs) and I was like okay and uh, you sent me a link, and uh-huh. I and I was at work, and I did watch it. Okay, it had nothing to do with this. It was about race. It was about race. Yes, specifically race. <laughs> and I was like, I don't think we disagree about race at all. Yeah, no, and I. <laughs> that's so funny. Um, I wonder why, in the context, I sent it to you, but I think it comes down to like, um, it was four pastors, and it was two black pastors and two white pastors, and I think um, they were. A lot of what we were talking about, I guess, on the identity part of it and mm-hmm. um, just being okay to, like, celebrate each other's differences. Like, I think they in that conversation they address, like, whenever people are like, I don't see color. And it's like, well, no, acknowledging color and celebrating, like, differences allows you to then, um, you know, keep moving forward in your own personal identity. Like, it only makes our lives richer and things like that. Um, so I guess I want to go back to that con- text conversation. But I feel like... <laughs> There has to be a reason why I sent it. I literally clicked through and I was like, maybe she's trying to say something. Maybe you're a little bit racist. <laughs> you know, I actually. You're really not though. I was thinking about it while I was watching that video and I think about things all the time. I'm always like, I'm like, Vicky, you know what I, I was thinking today? And she's like, um, she's like, it's, it could be anything, right? Mm-hmm. It could be like, I decided I wanted a new backpack or I had a really deep philosophical discovery. <laughs> but anyways, so I was actually driving home after I was watching that sermon and I was thinking about how. It was really profound, but not necessarily related to what we were talking about. And I was like, you know what? There was not a black person at my high school. What? When's the first time? Okay. Did you have any teachers of color growing up? His Latino? No. When's the first time you had a teacher or like a leader of a person of, that was a person of color? Apple. Stop. Joanne. In D.C.? Yeah. Whoa, that's wild. Woman changed my life. That's so wild. I keep needing to reach out to her. So I actually had a conversation. Somebody posted it, and they were like, when's the first time you had a teacher that was a person of color? And in fifth grade, I had a teacher named Mr. Sandu. He was of Indian descent, mm-hmm. um, but his skin color was black. And like, Dope. that... I don't know. I mean, it sticks out to me now in retrospect, but back then I didn't think anything of it. But also yeah. I grew up where everyone looked like me. So everyone was brown, spoke English and Spanish. Yeah. You know, that was definitely different. Yeah. So you're from El Paso. Yes. 915. Uh-huh. Um, and I lived in Juarez for a little while. You did. Which is across the border on yep. the Mexico side. And do people know that hablas español? Poquito. Good. She does. She speaks Spanish. She I can know. definitely have a conversation. I like to practice. I practice whenever possible. Yeah, you usually do, you do wits when we have folks try to help us with our house. I love, <laughs> I love living in Texas. Whenever people come to our house to help us. Well, because now I work at the government. 
I never get to practice Spanish. I only okay. sit with the one guy. Oof. When I was at the gym, we had a lot of different folks, and yeah. I used to like, practice Spanish all the time at the gym. But now I never get to practice. I think I- we should do another podcast shorter and in Spanish for all of your Spanish viewers. I won't be great. My Spanish is getting rusty. I think we can definitely practice Anyways. that you're practicing. Spanish. So you lived, you grew up in El Paso, your whole life. Mm-hmm. And for those of my millions of viewers, <laughs> El Paso, most residents of El Paso are Hispanic, mm-hmm. and most speak fluent English and Spanish. Yes, for the most part. Yeah. I mean, it's like over half, I would say. Yeah. And I think, like, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, El Paso has a huge population of people who cross the border daily. Yeah. Which is awesome. Yeah, I mean, um, what was it? So I was born in San Antonio, and then my dad... I wasn't. I lived in San Antonio for a while. <laughs> I was like, me too, but that's not true. Yeah. No. That was a lie. Um, so my dad is from Juarez. My mom is from Chihuahua. So it's like four do- four hours away from El Paso. Um, and they met while my dad was in medical school. My mm-hmm. mom came up here. I mean, my dad crossed over. His dad had business here, et cetera. So when he was 16, he started coming to school here. Like his whole life he was here. Yeah. Um, and so my dad predominantly spoke English in the house. My mom predominantly spoke Spanish. Both my parents speak English and Spanish. Um, and so it was just really like common and normal. And mm-hmm. then when I was, I guess, 12 or 13, my dad started a medical practice in Juarez and he would cross over every single day. Like that was just super normal. So he would leave, you know, in the morning and then on his way back, he was just coming back from Mexico. So his his office was just right across the border. So it's really, really common. There's kids who come to school there. Yeah. People. I think stuff. that there's not enough knowledge about, like, I guess in like the the broader the United States, mm-hmm. because I think we have such a polarized opinion through the media of the border, right? Yeah. And, like, a lot of people cross from the United States into Mexico mm-hmm. every day or from Mexico into the United States to work every day. Yeah. And that's just a really, really fluid yeah. situation that's now yeah. become this whole dramatic thing. Yeah. And, I mean, the distance is literally – we're in Dallas. Yeah. And so I live in downtown Dallas. You live in Plano. Yeah. No traffic. It takes me 30 minutes to get here. Yeah. Um, where I grew up and where my dad's office was was a nine-minute difference, like a nine-minute drive um, from El Paso crossing the, the border over to Mexico in Juarez. Yeah. And so um, I don't think I ever saw it polarized till recently. Like I never saw like this exaggerated conversation until recently. Um, and so whenever people – number one, people continuously think that El Paso is Mexico and it's not – Yes, people are always like, oh, from Mexico. And I'm like, no, it's still in the States. And um, I I never thought anything of it. Like, I I knew of other border towns. I knew that, like, we had a border town that was just, like, our neighboring city. It would be literally, like, Dallas and Fort Worth. That's what it was like I think they're even, they're even closer. They're, yeah. It would they're be way like, closer. It's like Plano and Richardson. Yeah. But I think it's even, like, like, from where we were, like, waiting in line to cross the border. Yeah. Because, uh, I, like I said, I lived in Juarez, right? Mm-hmm. So I actually lived in Mexico. Yeah. So we would buy groceries in El Paso, and you're sitting at the, you know, you're, like, driving through the gro- through El Paso, like, from the grocery store. And, like, you can, like, look out your window and see into Juarez. Mm-hmm. Like, you're close enough to see kids' faces. Yeah. It's, like, from here, like, me waving at the neighbor. Yes. There just happens to be, you know, it's, I, not, there's, like, a chain link fence and then, like, a concrete culvert and then that's it Mm -hmm. 
It's changed a little bit recently because there's the wall, but um, you can still see close enough to like see people's faces or it would be the equivalent of like a large block away. Right. Yeah. I was living there before. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's crazy because I remember I didn't used to go home as often as I do now. Like Mm -hmm. I used to go home maybe like once or twice a year um, and going during like Christmas and then coming back in the summer and it was like the wall being built and it was like um, you had this idea of separation, but it, it always felt a lot closer and the wall made it really, really distinct that it was like two separate countries, us versus them. And that's never, it was never my experience growing up. And so um, I think that definitely speaks to like even our current times where like right now um, I'm just going to like paint a much bigger picture, but like I don't understand what the United States is so threatened by. Like we, yes, we have a lot of things available to us. Sorry guys, that's my dog in the background. Um, We have so many things available to us, but I think like we've lost who we are that we are threatened by someone else wanting to be like, Hey, like I want to contribute and oh my gosh, it's such a small percentage of people who come in and abuse like the systems we have. And it's like, when did you lose your sense of identity and who you are, America, that you are so threatened by the very small portion of like immigrants that are coming over to try to, in quote, take over your land, you know? Yeah. Um, And so... I mean, we were talking about this earlier, like the reason that we can have differences because I think we do have strong identity in ourselves and we know who we are and um, it doesn't change anything one way or another. And I think like if this is, I feel like in Clueless, like whenever she's giving the reference of like, um, she's like, I'm trying to think what it is. She's like in debate class and she's quoting two totally different stories and comparing it to... I don't know what the story is. Whatever. That was a So you're Alicia trail. Silverstone. I am Alicia Silverstone. <laughs> and I- <laughs> I'm trying to remember what the exact story is. You guys can go back and watch it, but I promise I'm going to get to a point. So ultimately, the United States just needs to go back like, hey, these are Ameri- American values. These are things that we like hold true. These are things that are important to us. And then the thing is like if someone else comes in and tries – I don't know, to threaten that. It's like, hey, man, like, we're going to take care of ourselves. We're going to make sure that we're good. We love you. You're great over there. Um, But I don't think there's, like, this need to cause, like, this absolute division the way we currently have it. I know. I, uh, like, obviously, like, I lived in Juarez, and I had a lot of, all my friends were Mexican that lived in Juarez, and I had a lot of conversations with them about immigration and stuff like that at the time, which it wasn't anything like what it is now. But it's like, you know, I think... Like, I think a lot of our economy mm-hmm. has shifted away from different... T- Cardi, you got to go inside if you're not going to chill. For real. I'm sorry, guys. Ever since I've been sheltered in home, all she wants to do is spend time by my side. Vicky, you're the best. Thank you. Yeah. Um, but like I said, so... I, I mean, I think our economy is shifting, and I think a lot of folks have lost jobs. And I don't necessarily think we should blame, like, blame the president or blame immigrants or blame whomever. I think, like, our people are going to have – I think we're all going to have to adapt, mm-hmm. right, as we grow as a country, as times change. And I, I get frustrations. I think blame is sort of misguided, but that's a personal value. Um, the other thing I did want to touch on with you is uh, that you work – for a church. I do. We touched on it for a brief second when you said that you sent me a sermon. 
I promised it was relevant at some point. There was yeah. something there that. But you work full time for a church. I do. That's your day job. That's what I do. Yeah. So I I'm in what's called vocational ministry. So it's what I do fully as a job. Like oh, it's I get not it. like I'm I not just it. like I'm not a pastor. Um, I You're hold not? a job. I'm kidding. I hold a job at a church. Which is actually kind of crazy because um, so a lot of my friends that don't live in Texas Mm -hmm. don't necessarily understand the magnitude of Southern churches. Yeah. And the fact that they have full staffs. Yeah. Yeah. What's your job at the church? Yeah. So the title that I was hired for is director of connect groups. And so in church terms, that simply means like small groups or gatherings of people at our church. So it's the way that a large church feels smaller and how you're able to connect in much smaller groups, have conversations, meet new people, make friends, things like that. Um, but I have the amazing opportunity and honor to, um, oversee our internship program. And then, you know, a few things here and there in between my role has changed a little bit right now that we're in quarantine. Um, but yeah, those are the two major things that I get to do. Yeah. So your church is large enough. Yeah. Would we consider it a mega church? Um, so I think by number terms, yes, Yeah. but the way it feels is very different. And if y'all need pro audio equipment, I have a plug. (laughs) Thanks. Mm-hmm. Um, I know her. Um, so yeah, I think by the numbers, yes, it's considered a mega church, but it doesn't feel that way. And so like, we're really, really intentional about a church that yes, it grows cause it's healthy, um, but it feels small. And so you would never go into like one of our locations and be like, this church is huge. Nobody knows me. I don't know anyone. Like our biggest space fits 800 people which is, I mean, yes, it's a lot of people, but... I'm like, if you're about to say that's a small church, I'm about to be like, mm, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so our biggest space fits 800 people, but um, when you're in a, that auditorium, it doesn't feel all that big, and you get to see, like, the same people week to week and things like that. Yeah, and I don't go to church. You don't? Mm-mm. That's okay. I was in a Christian sorority in college mm-hmm. and uh, very active yeah. in the in church. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't, I mean, Christian faith, but I would say like, I was just very active in church. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as I came out as a gay person, felt some backlash. Yeah. And no longer attend church. Mm-hmm. And I think, I'm not going to speak for every single gay person, but I would say a lot of the gay community feels that way. Yeah. And I would say a lot of the gay community feels uh, not super fond of churches. Yeah. And I would understand that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you're, you've said to me often that I should come uh-huh. to your church. Yeah. I would Cause love that's what too. churchy people do. <laughs> <laughs> you should come to my church. Yeah. And I say often as a gay person, that feels like a trap. Yeah. Because churches are always like, you should come. And they're like, we're so cool with you until they're not. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, someday there's some sort of sermon about marriage and that makes you feel incredibly uncomfortable mm-hmm. in your own existence and you never go back. Yeah. Which, uh, you know, I haven't been t- to a church service in a long time. Yeah. Um, you went to Easter service or Good Friday service. You watch it online. Yeah, I did. We put yeah. it, whoa, I would say we put it on <laughs> to humor you. Um, Rude. No, actually, we did watch the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I, I just lied. But it was, it was on his porch. Yeah? Yeah. 
Um, we watched the whole thing. Yeah. Um, but that's different, right? It's very themed. Mm-hmm. Again, like I said, as a gay person, you always feel very, very welcome in the church until all of a sudden you're not. Yeah. And then you have all of these, like, really traumatic emotions just come, like, mm-hmm. rushing back as you're, like, you know, they're talking about the nature of a marriage and this and that and whatever. And all of a sudden, you know, you have those same embarrassing feelings that you had when you were 16 yeah. years old. Yeah. And you're, like, oh, I just want to crawl into a hole. Oh, and totally. Right totally. And I think um, that is two-way, right? Like, I don't think um, – and I'm going to speak for the global church. I'm not going to talk about my church specifically. Um, like organized church? Yeah. Like I think like the, like just the church in general, yeah. whenever we talk about like the Christian church. Um, so whenever we talk about like just the church in general, like I don't think we've done a good job about focusing on what I would call majors and minors. And so it's like a major is, and we've talked about this, like above everything, you are my friend, Megan. Like, you being gay or married, like, is separate the same way that I'm, like, straight and single. Like, that's not – it's not a highlight of you and I's friendship. Like, I think right. there's so much more than that. Um, and so my major is that I love you and I care about you and I see you as a human being who adds value, who is incredibly valuable, who has life. Like, mm-hmm. I love you, right? And so it's, like, the same way that I would say, like, my identity isn't fully tied to being – Latina or the oldest daughter like that was a really interesting identification <laughs> okay well, I'm a firstborn daughter that's important mismo fuerte yes you are strong <laughs> um and so um it's just one part of your identity right right and so it's like um but do you think, think that but I but I and I I hear you mm-hmm. but I don't know if like the whole church is that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, as a church, I, yeah. as a global church, I want to be clear about that. Yeah. I don't think we've done a good job at majors and minors, that yeah. kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? And so it's like um, we can choose to focus on, like, run really specific thing because I can go through, like, lying, right? Like, that's a sin. So it's yeah. like we simply choose to, like, fixate on different things and things we like or don't like the same way that people fixate on race or colorism or bi Like, Weird things, you know what I'm saying, that, like, aren't... But I think right now we're in a culture where people are picking everything. Yeah. And I think that's how we got here, right? Yeah. Is that people are picking literally every battle. Mm -hmm. And I I think that's that's the the point. Like, I think if you were going to... Well, I'll just talk about it in the terms of our friendship. Like, if I had to choose... Megan in any which way like I'm going to love you like if tomorrow you're like um trying to think something crazy that you would do I don't know well I guess if you started taking steroids and you became a beast of a human being oh I I, I, agree with that um my thing is like I love you yeah you know what I'm saying yeah and I mean good for you yeah, and I would have a conversation of like, hey, like this is kind of like how I feel about it. I don't agree with this. I don't think it's healthy for your body. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love you, right? Yeah. And I think I if it saucy. started to like damage your yeah. – If it started to like damage your health, then I'd be like, hey, I love you and this is damaging you and I don't think this is good and healthy. Then I'd try to get you help or I'd be like, okay, well, this is what she's decided, but I love her, yeah. you know. And like um, I think of like my mom who's – I mean, yeah, she's pretty liberal, but she's also conservative-ish. Yeah. And, like, she called you for your wedding day, and she just wanted you to know that she, like, cared about you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, she didn't have to agree with, like, 
anything else but she was like well i care about her as a person like she's someone's important she has someone important to my daughter's life and like yeah. i care about her and like when you and vicky have walked through things like her heart still hurts because she loves you guys yeah you know and so it's like she still prays and believes for you guys and like that's how i feel about it too i mean i'm in the trenches where a lot closer than you are with my mom but yeah um, i love you no matter what yeah I and just, so it's like if i, I have feel to like pick how do we as I'm going to say generation, right? Because mm-hmm. the boomers will get wiped out by coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I called my dad today. Talk about boomer. I love that guy. I just want to say this. I hope he watches this. I had a conversation. I was stuck in traffic. It took me two hours to get home. I called my dad before I called uh, Vicky. Yes. I called my dad, who I refer to as Larry. And I was talking to Larry, and I was asking about his vitamin D, because there's been a lot of proof that vitamin D is bad for folks with coronavirus. Okay. Yeah, and um, so if you have low vitamin D, you're more susceptible to coronavirus and dying from yeah. it. Yeah. And uh, so is he going out to town every day? He got, to a, get his he got a supplement. D? But oh, okay. And I told him that he needed to lose a little bit of weight. Mm-hmm. He's overweight. And I understand. He, and he was like, I know. He's like, I'm really trying. <laughs> How was he trying? And I was like, you need to drink more water. Yeah. And I was like, Dad, you really need to drink more water. He's like, I can't. He's like, I'm drinking so much. And I was like... Really? In comparison to what? And he goes, yeah, I'm drinking like four or five Gatorades a day. No. No. That's like, sugar water. I know. I was like, Larry, Gatorade does not equal water. At all. I know. I was like, clear. Like, clear water. Oh, I hate clear water. I, I mean, and I was like, so I, I was like, Dad, okay, while I'm in traffic, I'm going to give you some nutrition advice. This is free. I need you to try to drink a gallon of water a day. Oh, jeez. Okay. He's like, can I drink more? And I was like, you won't want to drink more. Start with that. <laughs> you can't even drink one, Larry. I know. Four or five Gatorades a day. Yeah. That's it. I'm killing it. And I told Vicky what he said. And Vicky goes, man, they are marketing that Gatorade well. For real, though. I know. That's not even a temptation of mine. So we have some friends, Stephen and Michelle. Yeah. And Michelle gave me this little care package. And there was like uh, vital proteins. Mm-hmm collagen yeah. vitamin immune yeah. c booster or something it tasted like straight salt nope i couldn't do well, it well that's the it, so gatorade and a lot of those kinds of things have sodium in them right yeah. so there's sodium in them depending on like if you're running and you're sweating mm-hmm. a lot that sodium can help replenish electrolytes yeah, yeah. But my dad is not sweating enough to mm. need electrolyte <laughs> replenishment and i told him i was like he also eats a lot of canned food Oh, geez. Canned ravioli, canned SpaghettiOs. And I was like, the amount of sodium that you're consuming. Yeah, for real. I was like. Water retention. He can't even handle mm-hmm. the water he currently has. I know. But if he drinks enough water, it'll flush him. But I was like, start. let's start with water. Let's <laughs> Hello. Anyways, Hilarious. I don't even remember. We digress. Yeah. We are talking about um, generationally. Oh, yeah, boomers. I was saying they're going to get wiped out. I think that, I think, like, big picture, our generation, I, like, they're, they're so quick to be like, I just disagree with you. Yeah. Because there's a lot of stuff you say about the church that I just disagree with. Yeah. Like, and you're in it, and you're like, this is my experience, and I think that this is, can be this really positive thing, mm-hmm. and I'm like, well, Taz, I went to, like, nine different churches, and all nine of them made me feel really freaking weird. Yeah. So I just disagree and you're like well you know agree to disagree yeah but i i want to i just wish that more people were willing to have conversations with people about things they disagree with yeah 
so that they could say, you know what? I don't like you any less. I just don't agree with you about that thing. Yeah. But I think it's because (laughs) I'm going to go back to it. Like I feel comfortable enough in my experience Mm. and I can't, I've never walked your experience. My experience has been very, very different. Like, um, I would say the church that I was in like 16 through like 21 Mm -hmm. was one church. And I thought I had this understanding of like grace. I had this understanding of like my walk with Jesus and I thought I loved people and I thought like I saw people and I had a really different, difficult experience there. Mm -hmm. And so ultimately when I came to Dallas, like it was not my jam. I, I knew I always loved Jesus. I knew that I wanted to like, at some point, get back to it. I just didn't think it was going to be at a church or with people. Vocational. <laughs> I never thought I'd work <laughs> at a church for sure. And um, when I, I mean, when you and I met, I was in a, was I already in a relationship? I don't know. I guess I might have already been in a relationship. I don't usually lead with that. <laughs> hey, are you in a relationship? <laughs> That's as a, as a, at that time, I was incredibly masculine looking. <laughs> I was heavier, very short hair. And if I would have walked up to you at the Apple store and been like, hey, my name's Megan, are you in a relationship? (laughs) (laughs) She would have immediately thought I was interested in her. No, 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 no. no. (laughs) Not like that. Just asking. (laughs) I ask everyone. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I was So are you? (laughs) (laughs) So I was in a relationship, and, um, I mean, we were going to a church. I mean, he would come every once in a while. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. And um, I just wasn't super plugged in. Like, I would go or I would stop going for three months and then go straight for two months or whatever that looked like. And so I thought, okay, like, I've got my walk with Jesus. It's kind of my own thing. Mm -hmm. But I definitely wasn't in a healthy place. Like, I wasn't walking my life like I knew Jesus. Physically or emotionally? Both. Okay. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, And so whenever we broke up, I went to, like, the other extreme and I just went crazy. Like, um... I did whatever partying I wanted. Partying or just praying all the time? No, no. Partying. Oh. Okay. Partying. So I went to like the other extreme. Like if I saw someone and I wanted to do it, I did it. And if I wanted to do a drug, I did it. If I wanted to smoke, you know, I just went to the other extreme. Yeah, get you some. <laughs> it was a really crazy few months. And um, when, like kind of in the midst of it, I just got tired. I think like I had been in a really unhealthy relationship and then I went to the extreme where I was like, I'm going to do whatever I want. Yeah. And that just made me feel super, super empty. Yeah. And so um, I was going to a church when I lived in Austin, and that's where I heard my current pastor, and I really liked uh, him. And gotcha. so um, I didn't when, really know that journey. Yeah. And so when I decided to move back to Dallas, Michael, who is one of our friends. Um, you're now, now brother-in-law? brother-in-law yeah. Um, was like, oh, if you're in town, you should come to church with me. Mm. And it ended up being the church where I – had heard my pastor, who's currently my pastor. And it was just so different. Like, I remember someone having a conversation with me and saying, like, um, whatever you're looking for, you're not going to find it here. And I was like, okay, weird. And I think a part of me kept fighting something that I had experienced in the past. And what she was telling me was, like, whatever you're looking for, you're not going to find that here. And so obviously, like, we say this all the time, but, like, the church is not a museum for perfect works of art or completed works of art. It's a hospital for people who are broken. And I think once that clicked for me, then like it really changed the way I saw people. And so it was like, okay, well, I know people are going to fail me. I know this place isn't going to be perfect, but this is not why I come. I come to continuously get better. So it feels like physical therapy. It feels like I'm continuously working on getting better. And so I think that has given me so much freedom to then 
love and accept people where they're at, right? Like on different parts of the journey. And I think of even in that transition when like there was a huge group of friends of ours when like we would, you know, have dinners every Sunday and talk and things like that. Like I think back and like I was pretty mean to some of our friends, you know, I was pretty cutthroat to some of our friends um, where I would cut them out if they thought differently than me or, you know. I'm not going to say any names, but you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. You know, a handful of friends. And um, those people aren't really in my life anymore because of some You wish they were? Um, I don't know. I think sometimes um, I'm like, these people were not a healthy friend to me. And like, I can look back and love and respect them for who they were in my life back then. Yeah. Um, but I don't know how they would fit in my life now. I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to it, but I, unless stuff has changed on both parts. I mean, I definitely feel like it's changed on my part. Mm. Um, and so if you're listening to this, I'm sorry that I pushed you away. <laughs> I feel like I wish I could go back uh, through my life and apologize to a million people. And yeah. I have had conversations with Vicky about, like, looking for people. Mm-hmm. And I, you know what? That's the wrong word. I don't want to apologize. I want to say thank you. Yeah. Like, th- I, uh, the day I met Vicky, I almost got fired. Yeah. Uh because I called in sick to work and instead went and got completely inebriated. Yep. And they found out. And <laughs> I was posting on Instagram. Yeah. I was, like, posting from brunch, mm-hmm. wasted, mm-hmm. after I had just called in sick. And they pulled me into the office and they were like, you're an idiot. You're a yeah. moron. What are yeah. you doing? And I didn't get fired. Yeah. Uh, they told me if I did it again, I'd get fired. But I didn't get fired that day. And I'm like, I need to find them and say thank you. Like, they yeah. saved my life. Yeah. Just having that uh, compassion Mm -hmm. for me Mm -hmm. through different people. I've had a lot of compassion for me over the years and allowed me to kind of navigate my own way. But I'm like, man, I want to find them now. Yeah. However many years later and just be like, thank you. Yeah. Like, and I I feel like obviously in the moment I didn't appreciate what they were doing for me. Mm -hmm. And now I wish I could, I could just say thank you. Yeah. There's actually... There's people from, like, college that I had huge fights with yeah. that I intend to seek out and, and say thank you to. Yeah. Um, but I did have a thought while you were talking. Yeah, go for it. So um, there has been – I've heard comparisons made, and I want to know your thought, about yeah. CrossFit being a modern church. Yeah, I see that. People seeking – as the ch- as a, an organized church mm-hmm. has sort of especially out of the south because it's mm-hmm. still really common in the south yeah but north northern and then especially eastern and mm-hmm. western right so like the go- the coasts and yeah. the upper northeast it's it's not as common like when i was in dc if you would have said oh i'm a white christian it was pretty ostracized yeah right like um you wouldn't admit to something like that there and um and, and I think, like, as those, because you're chairman of Connect Groups. What's director? Director of <laughs> Connect Groups, right? Because people love that community, right? Yeah. People love these small group atmospheres. And I've heard some comparisons to CrossFit as it being this sort of modern church. Yeah. I think um, Christianity go- goes way back. And the idea of church goes way, way back. And so, like, if you look at um, the beginning of time, right? Like, I mean, 
let's just say I'll go back to the book of Genesis. Um, you had this kind of happen, right? Like you had these people be like, oh, we have a common thought idea. Mm -hmm. We're going to get together in small groups, have these conversations. Um, and then you can go back, you know, you can go forward a little bit more. And then you even look at like Greek times and Roman times and people are like, oh, we have similar ideas or we want to learn from each other. So we're going to get into like this smaller group and have this discussion. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you can forward a little bit more and you can go into like 1950s, 1960s, like community organizing and like in political work and it was just like really natural to be in like these small groups of people and then it's like you'd have these large gatherings for like general conversations and then you would have these much smaller gatherings for like in-depth discussion and so it's kind of woven into like humanity since the very beginning of time for you to be like oh hey we have like this general idea that we think like crossfit is great um these are our general rules of crossfit but then you can have like individual gyms that are like hey i know this per this gym is really good for this part of it crossfit or we're crossfitters who believe this part or that part well don't you guys have different specializations in your gyms no but <laughs> that is not true i feel like i've known you to be like oh well i went to this gym because this was something that was like a strength of a coach i or am different okay what i do is <laughs> outside of the norm okay but like let's put it in the context of vicky yeah vicky goes to crossfit to see her friends yeah that's it yeah Vicky goes to CrossFit to see her friends. She mm -hmm. loves, she goes, because I think, like, especially through technology and, like, a lot of people work from home or they have their cubicles, yeah. and it's the super isolated, right? Mm -hmm. So even before Vicky was working from home, you know, she sees me at home. She goes to work in a cubicle, yeah. super isolated, all day long. And then without CrossFit, she would return and see me. Yeah. So over the course of the day, she sees one person. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people, even if you have a spouse or kids, over the course of the day, you see three people. Yeah. But, and I think in large group settings, like if you have a meeting or a concert or a basketball game, unless you bring someone with you, you don't feel less isolated. Mm -hmm. You still feel super alone. Like we, Vicky took me to Taylor Swift <sighs> at the American Airlines Center. I, in that arena... Could not have felt more isolated. What I wouldn't felt. I'm not a huge isolated. Taylor Swift fan. I'm not a Taylor Swift fan at all. And so I literally just like sat and played <laughs> Sudoku on my phone. Actually, I was like probably researching <laughs> biomechanics of yep. knee, knee rotation or something. Mm -hmm. But but so I I don't think large gatherings, right? But like with CrossFit. It's this opportunity for her to go see the same, because she always goes to, they have group, group classes, so she goes to the 5.30 class. Yeah. So she sees the same six mm -hmm. people for an hour Yeah. every single day. And yeah. I think it gives people this sense of community, mm -hmm. this sense of belonging surrounded in a positive way Yeah. outside of, you know, this, you know, back and forth sphere, mm -hmm. which I think is like what you're... Because you're... That's actually my role. Yeah. So yeah. your church has, or I think a lot of churches are doing it mm -hmm. now, to make people feel included, they break down this large group into smaller groups yeah. so people feel welcome and feel included. Mm -hmm. And I think that's exactly like what CrossFit's doing. Mm -hmm. And I think that they're, they're able to charge, like if you were to go to a level one seminar, or if you were to talk to Greg Glassman, founder of CrossFit, what what makes CrossFit successful? Yeah. They'll tell you all about how it's the best training methodology on earth. But if you ask all the Vickies, because Vicky's 32 years old, right? Mm -hmm. And 
she's a 32 year old woman, which makes up 65% of the CrossFit community. Yeah. That demographic, the 30 to 35 female, uh-huh. they all go to see their friends. Yeah. That's why they're going. Yeah. They don't give a shit about CrossFit. Yeah. They don't care about, if I was like, Vicky, what's your one room max squat clean? She'd be like, I have no idea. <laughs> and I don't care. Yeah. And I'm like, why do you go to CrossFit? See my friends. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but what, in what other reality do we, can we in our culture go see the same group of six friends every single day? Yeah. No, I guess. Church? Yeah. Naturally you don't. I mean, again, I feel like it's we kind of all at some point gravitate. Like, I think if it's something successful, it'll gravitate to, like, this smaller group. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, we're really intentional about that, making sure that, like... Mm-hmm. But church is free. Do. Yeah. Yeah. Pros and cons. <laughs> it's definitely free. <laughs> you don't have to pay to go there. Probably um, really expensive. Yeah. There you go. You can just go to church. It'll be much cheaper. Now all my all my viewers are going to quit CrossFit and join church. 1,000%. I have a connect group for you. All 21 subscribers. Yeah. You can have your own CrossFit connect group. I mean, oh, if you want to. Is that a thing? Do the, are your groups oh, themed? themed? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So like, I don't we think I ever realized that. Yeah. So in my connect group, it was a dinner party. So pre-COVID, we would gotcha. just come together and everybody would bring something. So we'd have like a theme. It'd be like, well, we're doing Mexican. So everybody brings like something Mexican food hmm. related, um, soul food, et cetera, et cetera. And gotcha. there's actually a group of girls in my connect group who met at CrossFit and they were friends and they decided to come to church together. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That makes sense though. That's logical. Mm-hmm. I get where they're coming from. Yeah. Man. Having so many thoughts all at once. <laughs> what else? Um, I wanted to talk about, I just really wanted to talk about how as a generation we can have more open conversations yeah. about our differences. I think it's just seeing that people have immeasurable value, like no matter who Do you think at are. the root of it people are insecure? Um, I feel like insecure, the word makes sense for us, but I think it's so much more than that. Like, I don't know that people even consciously are like, I'm insecure. It's that they just don't know fully who they are. And like, if you don't know fully who you are, yes, a result of that is going to be insecurity. um, And therefore you're going to feel threatened by any difference or anything that isn't familiar. Yeah. Um, But I think it's so much more of like a lack of identity and like knowing Mm -hmm. who you are. And like, if you're comfortable in knowing who you are, then like, again, Someone's differences don't – yes, sometimes people's differences can personally affect me because they do something dumb with them, right? Um, but overall, just you being Megan, right, mm-hmm. in all of who you are doesn't – unless you chose to use your strength against me physically, you I'm would definitely really kill strong. me. I know. Um, obviously, that would affect me, right? But, like, just you standing there and being yourself. But what I'm not can like, we do – what can what can I do? Okay, for example, mm-hmm. okay, I'm very into fitness. Yeah, and I hear often when I uh, talk to, let's say, my dad. My dad is actually really receptive to dialogue, but usually, he he and I have very different opinions about. More than we even differ about. He's incredibly <laughs> conservative. He's very passionate about horses. Mm-mm. He's very he's very into horses. He fell off a horse recently. He calls me from an ambulance. And he's like, Megan, just want to let you know, uh, I fell off the horse. 
I got a brain bleed. They're taking me to the... What? Larry. I want to say ICU. But he was, no. in, he was in an ambulance. They had to take him to the hospital to do brain scans because he had his brain was bleeding. He was already maybe already at the hospital. I don't even know. Vicky was so mad. She was like, get me on the phone. She's like, why were you not wearing a helmet? <laughs> she doesn't know anything about Texas. Yeah. So Vicky was What's like, why were you not wearing a helmet? And I was oh. like, Vicky, stop. You don't wear helmets on your face. <laughs> and, and Larry, Larry's like, what? Yeah. And I was like, Anyways, but like, for example, if I come at Larry and I'm like, hey, Larry, like, you should exercise more. Mm -hmm. People say to me all the time, they're like, yeah, but you wouldn't understand because for you, it's easy. For you, this is this. For you, this is this. And I'm, and I want to just like, I want to have better conversations with people about like, hey, if this is your priority for, for you. Yeah. For you, like if you were like, "Hey, Megan, I want to lose some weight, mm-hmm. or I or I want I want to be healthier, right, yeah. or whatever." Like that's usually the conversation is people are like, "Hey, how do what would I do?" And I'm like, "Okay, well, you know, this or this or this." People are like, "Well, that would be easy for you," and people immediately are kind of like defensive. Yeah, and I and it's like, well, then I think again, that's where it's at, where it's like, you and I have actually had that Report. conversation. And yeah, we do have re- we do have rapport amongst us. Yeah. But we have had that actual conversation, right? Of like, hey, mm-hmm. like, whatever. I need to be healthier. And I think people have immediately assumed yeah. that you think they are not healthy because they don't this, this, or that, yeah. right? And I think that is where it's like, what made you so doubtful in who you were that it made you question and be on the defense of who Megan was right because we have actually had this conversation of how I need to be healthier and like right now I keep wiggling around because my knee's bothering me and the thing is my knee's bothering me. You've been squatting too heavy? No. Same. Yeah my full body is what I'm carrying and so (laughs) I know that I am overweight at the moment right which is affecting my knee which is kind of crazy because I came over here what like a month ago to pick up a jump rope because I wanted to be more I wanted to exercise more and get more into cardio which then me jumping rope has affected my knee, right? And it's like, meh. And so, um, at, like, whenever I talk to you about this, I don't feel like you're going to attack me because I'm overweight. Does it make you feel weird, though? No. But I think it's this, like, exercising is important to you, right? Like, it is. The it's same pr- way that, like, church priority. is important to me. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The way that church is a priority to me, exercise yeah. is a priority to you. It's important. Um but you not you not um thinking that church is a priority doesn't like change anything. It doesn't make me think that like you're against me. Yeah. Um again, we try to align where we can. Like you indulge me and you listen to the sermon because you like we've talked about this why we're still friends. Why you come to my birthday party every year because you know it's so important to me, right? Yeah. And it it's is. not something that like you particularly care for. I mean, you care about me, which is why you do that. And so it's like you've had a birthday where, like, what you wanted to do for your birthday was exercise. I already know. I already know you're going to go there. And so <laughs> I had workouts to get done that day. You did. But the thing is, like, for me, what's important there is my friendship with you right. more than not exercising. And so I'm willing to do an exercise if it's what's going to get me further connected to you or take care of our relationship. And the same way, like, you don't want to go to the fair every – you do want to go to the fair every year. Absolutely. 
It's actually a really big deal. So you do come to the fair with me. Um, and I was going to talk about how we hunted down Dole Whip from like three different stands to make sure we got some like yeah, two or three years ago. Absolutely. Which if it. the fair isn't open this year, I'm going to be devastated. It will. Oh, it'll be a, it'll it be a germ cesspool and we'll all die, but it'll be worth it. No, I'm hoping that by I'll then. Wear, um, I'll wear my respirator. <laughs> walk around did you see the guy with like the um, I'll be pool s- tubes to, i'll like, be keep sweating i'll be just sweating with a respirator on and i'll just tilt it up for my ice cream <laughs> my corn dog oh man the fair is so good i love the fair mm-hmm. um but the thing is that i care about you yeah but what do we need to do for other folks like we have a good rapport, which is yes. why you came. But it didn't happen like that. Like this is literally something that we've worked at since we first met each other. But how do we get more people to have better, more understanding conversations? Well, sometimes it's gonna stick with people and sometimes it doesn't. I mean, we have a group of friends that we started with. Um, even when we first met, we have a very different group of friends. And I mean, yeah. we I have my group of friends, you have your group of friends, and then we have a group of friends that we have together whenever we do get together um and I think we need to be okay with like sometimes it's gonna stick sometimes it doesn't and that's okay but you still try with every single person and like every single person has something to add and so you can still like let down um be okay and confident with whatever you believe in whoever you are to have the conversation with someone else like yeah I actually love to have conversations with people about things I disagree with and not but it's our personality not to fight at all. I'm, I am always, I always learn something a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Like my dad made some really polarizing comments today about Bernie Sanders, which, where I like, which I like Bernie Sanders, but I don't like Bernie Sanders. I was just like, what? Like, why do you say that? Yeah. And he's like, he didn't really have great justification. The thing about my, the thing about my dad that kind of. Does Larry not listen to your podcast? No. He. No. <laughs> His contact in my phone keeps trying to auto-update to my niece's name because she always plays on his iPhone. Aww. I know. I'm like, this is not Eloise. Anyways, but, like, he can't always say why he believes what he, what he does. Mm-hmm. But, like, if I have some super conservative military friends, right, that have different opinions about guns than I do. I don't own guns. I've used guns. I'm from Texas, duh. Yeah. But they, have, they carry guns mm-hmm. and own a lot of guns. And I'm just like, well, why? And they're like, well, this is my story, and this is my military history, and this is this, and this is this, and this is this. And I'm like, huh, that that makes sense. Yeah. Like, I don't want to go buy a gun. That didn't, yeah. doesn't change my actions. Mm-hmm. But I totally get where you're coming from. Yeah. And live your life. Yeah. And I. But th- then I think that also requires um, a certain amount of humility that people aren't willing to have. Mm. You know, Maybe. because it does take humility to be empathetic and to be like okay like again but I think humility is so different like I think people think that like being humble and humility means like oh I'm meek I'm weak and it's not that it's simply humility is walking confidently and knowing who you are and like it requires a certain amount of humility to have the conversation to be like okay this person might think completely differently than I do um but I'm not. I'm going to choose not to get defensive. I mean, talking about race. Um, yeah, that's you know. tough. Oh, completely. And like, I'm just going to talk about you and I, um, which this doesn't happen. But like, I could be like, well, that's racist, Megan. 
right? <laughs> oh, saying that Hispanic people are going to come help me in my house? <laughs> no, I could just say in general that something's racist, right? Um, number one, my approach is not correct. I, but I, and I think that here's the other thing too about, about race, especially being white. Mm-hmm. I think that there's a, a lot of white ignorance. Yeah. And I say ignorance in terms of like lack of knowledge. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I did not know a black person until I got to college. Yeah, but and that's not willful. It's ignorant. Yeah, but I think that also speaks to like some intent too, mm-hmm. right? Like, I mean, you weren't like, I don't want to know black people. It just didn't happen that way and you didn't seek it out. And no, so I don't think not. that was like willful. And no. so I think going back to this, I could, you could say something, I don't know. You could say something that you didn't mean to be. Yeah, turn your face. Sorry. You could say something that doesn't mean to be, that you didn't mean in your heart with the intent to be racist. Um, But you have, I have to have a certain amount of humility to have the conversation and to know that like whenever you said something that was unintentionally racist, but it was um, for me to be like, hey, Megan, I actually want to have a conversation with you really quickly about how this was racist. But you also then have to in turn have the humility to know that I'm not attacking you. And you have to be like, hey, you know what? I'm confident that I'm not racist. So therefore, I'm okay having this conversation, understanding why you thought this was racist, right? And at the end of it, it could be like, oh, I simply learned that Megan, this was just something super normal that she thought was like okay and acceptable or she didn't have that perspective. So therefore, she didn't think it was racist. And at the end of it, you could leave like, oh, I've never thought about it this way, but I get why she would think it's racist. So therefore, I'm not going to say it anymore. And then I would be like, well, I'm not going to assume that everybody's racist because they say these things. But that required humility. I see what you're saying. Like on both parts, right? One thousand percent. Like I could say, like if I said something, which I very well may Mm -hmm. at some point, say something super ignorant. We've both said things that are ignorant. (laughs) You know, whatever. In whatever context, Uh towards whatever group of people. And I could be like, I meant no malice in that. Yeah. I thought it was funny and it wasn't funny. I thought it... I thought it was funny and it was just flat out rude, but, but it was ignorance, right? Yeah. And like, I apologize. I meant no malice. I think that we also always assume, Apple taught us, as a, <laughs> as a generate, like I think in society through the media, whatever, yeah. we're always assuming negative intent. Yeah. We're saying like, oh, you said that thing that was racist instead of being like, I'm going to assume they didn't know that was racist and they were just kind of ignorant. And yeah. I'm going to be like, hey, that could be really, really hurtful. Yeah. If said, if, if. You know, like, if you said that to that person, like, you're Hispanic, but if you made that comment towards a black person, that would be really hurtful. Yeah. And you shouldn't say that. And I could be like, oh, I thought that that was funny. It wasn't funny. Yeah. It was rude and ignorant. And I apologize. Yeah. And I think, I wish we had more conversations like that. Yeah. Being yeah. like, like, I have conversations with my wife all the time that I hurt her feelings. Lots the, of conversations. All the time. Yeah. And we have to have conversations where it's like, well, I never meant to hurt your feelings. Yeah. I was hungry. <laughs> <laughs> See, seems like a common. Yeah, but I'm just saying this is real life. Where I have to be like, I was hungry, mm-hmm. and I said this snappy thing yeah. that hurt your feelings, and I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm going to take a break, eat a snack, and let's circle back. Because mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. Yeah. And I think, sorry, that's going back to, like, you value her. It's important. Yeah. You know and believe in what you guys have together. So, therefore, it allows you the freedom and strength to be like, okay, you know what? I'm going to step back a little bit and then I'll come back to it, you know? And that, Yeah, I hear you. I, yeah. 
I, I no, it's just different. I hope I hope that we can all grow. Yeah, completely. And I mean, um, we are super privileged, I would say, to have the perspective we have, to have found each other in life oh, where we found each other. I thought you meant in general. And I was like, yes, I'm very yeah, that privileged. Too. That too. I mean, yes, I have privilege. And yeah. so it's like. We have privilege uh, being think, born in the United States. Yeah, and that we speak two languages. Like, it's another one. There's so many. And um, the other thing is, like, where we met, um, being a At woman. At the Apple store? Uh, yes, working for Apple. Um, it was never like, we don't have enough representation. It was oh, like, no. we also got paid really well and competitively. And yeah. we did really well for ourselves. We yeah. were pretty high up in our positions and things yeah. like that. Um, I and was so, the best genius this side of the Mississippi. You really were. You broke, <laughs> you, fixed, you fixed all my broken computers that I broke trying to fix. Do you remember I took you aside at Nordstrom's and I was like, Taz, I love you. <laughs> Stop skipping the IMAX. I know you're doing it. I know you're doing it. I know you're Yeah, but the thing is that if I did them, you would then have to come back and fix them and, and repair like, times would go even further. I'm not skipping IMAX. And I was like, yes, you are. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm like, okay. I'm like that one person. Sorry. I'm like that one person who said they weren't actually taking your computer in. We know, we know you're skipping IMAX. Yeah, I intentionally did that. It was just a different time where I wasn't comfortable admitting it. But today I admit to you that it, I was indeed skipping IMAX because if I touched them, I would have broken them. Well, we knew that you were skipping IMAX when there was zero laptops and eight IMAX. Yeah. And you know the managers told me to talk to you about it? That's hilarious because I had so many conversations about how, like, hey, can you talk to Megan about... Oh, yeah, they told me I was... <laughs> they told me, Jen, another person I need to talk to. But Jen told me one day she got so upset with me. She's like, you're so unapproachable. You know they no one talks, wants to talk to you. The managers, they didn't want to talk to me. And yeah, I was that, like. That did happen. Huh? That did happen. I'm sure. At both stores. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I digress. Uh, but look at us. Look at us. We're so much more successful. Look at us. Look at us. Look at us. I was I actually know, talking, to I was talking to Vicky in context of this conversation about how we've both grown so much. Oh, my gosh. So, in, so much. In, both like in completely different ways, mm-hmm. but both ladder like but both forward, right? Yeah, like, absolutely. We're both completely different people now. Yeah, in such a more positive way. Yes, yes. But completely different paths. It's yeah, so crazy. Yeah, and I think yeah. like, I think like as long as we encourage everyone around us, mm-hmm. um, to like be better, yeah. that like we all rise, right? There's yeah. this quote, and I never remember it when I want to, but it's like something about high tide rises all boats. Okay. It's, like, basically, like, if you, like, to bring people with you, right? Yeah. To try to, like, set, like, the highest expectation for yourself and then just, like, bring other people with you. Yeah. That's what I always want to do. Like, with the home, like, we have this home gym, right? Mm-hmm. Which I love. And um, as the coronavirus has sort of chilled out, I, people that were before being like, hey, can I work out at your house? And I was like, no, because I don't want to die. But now it's all kind of chilled out. And I'm like, yeah, because I want to be surrounded by elite mindset yeah because i want us to all get better together yeah and i hope we do yeah i hope we all win and um i would say like in my group of friends it's all kind of like that like yeah i mean steven and michelle are really amazing in what they do my Mm -hmm. brother-in-law my sister like i mean my church friends like they're absolutely the best at wherever they're at um and i think that just pushes us forward and again like we're able to celebrate like you're really good at this. I'm really good at that. We're different, but, like, our end goal is kind of the same. Like, 
to be the absolute best or to yeah. push this one thing forward. And before we actually started recording, I had this thought and it was like, I think that is something that like, even though we're incredibly different, like I just want you to be the absolute best version of yourself. And so whatever that looks like, then like, yeah, I'm completely going to celebrate it and encourage it. And I think you're going to do the same for me. So like, you know, that the best version of myself, yes, it's probably a healthier version of myself, but it's not a CrossFit weightlifting version of myself. Yeah, But, but the other you thing still is, see that I'm growing. You can't, you can't want that for somebody. Yeah, no. But then I, oh man, it's like, if they're, if like, if you, if I don't want to go to church, you just keep nagging me about it. It's just going to make us weird. Yeah. It's like, if you don't want to exercise and I just keep nagging about it, you're just going to, you're just going to find me annoying. Yeah. So it's like, love them for who they're, for who they are and where they're at and let the rest go. Yeah. That's more important to me. Yeah. That's more and more important. I think that's important for everybody. It's like my dad. My dad and I have completely different values, but yeah. But there's also people who like care more about winning that individual, like that one fight, that one battle, yeah. um, than it is like to have a lifelong relationship or friendship or whatever. I mean, hundred yeah. percent. That's what I'm saying. We're in a culture now where everyone is picking every battle. Yeah, right. And it, I want us as a generation to get past that. Yeah. So that we assume positive intent about everyone and we assume that we and so we all get better together right I want to be the best version of I love the United States yeah I'm incredibly patriotic I think the United States has America I do I love I love Texas I do I love Texas me too I have no intention of leaving Texas I think Texas is the greatest state on earth yeah uh in the union Beyond the union, the greatest, <laughs> the greatest state ever. Yeah, we're the best. I do think Texas, is and amazing. I think the United States has the potential to be better than it is right now. Yeah, and um, I think a lot of it has to do with n- being less polarized and more conversational about differences and being like, I disagree with you, but yeah. we can compromise. Yeah, compromise. Yeah, and instead of saying all or nothing. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think um, if we were to have a conversation, we'd realize that we have so many more similarities that we can build upon. Um, What's super crazy is, like, there's this guy at church who he would never have been my friend, like, ever. Um, His name's Chip. He's from Georgia. Him and his beautiful wife, Miranda, they're amazing. I love them, but they're completely different than me. And there's some of, like, I really love those people. Yeah. You know? And I think it's, like, I can definitely see, like – what does bring us together and we care about similar things. Mm-hmm. Um, just our experiences took us to believing what we currently believe. But yeah, yeah, I think like I completely forget the majority of the time that we're so different because you and Chip, we, yeah, me and, and Joanna Gaines. <laughs> yep. Chip and Miranda. Um, that Chip and I, like there's so much more in common that we have, you know? Yeah. Um, I had a thought, but I forgot. Oh, I did my 23 and me. And I'm British. And Welsh. Groundbreaking. Nobody knew. Groundbreaking. Nobody could tell based off my clear translucent skin. <laughs> you know how, like, when they have those. You totally look British. I see it now. I don't know. You know when they do the, uh, like, the ads for those? People are like, oh, like, Elizabeth Warren is 1% Pocahontas. <laughs> God bless her. She might be. But there was 0% of me that was anything other than Caucasian. What? It was like. It was like British, Welsh, German, Scandinavian, Norwegian. Don't you feel like 
they took your money? Did you want, did you need to know the breakdown of your caucasity? <laughs> Do I feel like they took my money because yeah. they told me I was white? Yeah. White. It was a gift. Oh, okay. It was, it was a, great. It was a gift because I'm adopted. And second, although Wait. this is. If you're adopted, you just get 23 and me for free? No, Vicky bought it. Oh. <laughs> I was like, what? Vicky bought it because I'm adopted. And she I. Yeah. yeah. But my family that I grew up with, Larry, mm-hmm. super German. Yeah. Although also Anglo. But he's really German. And so I want to know if I was German. Yeah. But yeah. I'm not. I'm British. Yeah. Well, Again, what a surprise. Yeah, I was like, no Pocahontas. Nothing no else. African, no Greek, also, no Mediterranean, I, nothing. I'm White. not Native American, but I think you saying Pocahontas might be a little bit racist. It's a ra- it's a reference to Elizabeth Warren, so, mm-hmm. but I guess she got in trouble for saying that as well. Yeah. Just wanted to put that out there because I wanted to make sure that I was really mindful of Native Americans who might be listening to this and it's who could I... possibly take offense. Yeah, ignorance. Yeah. It's okay. We're getting there. We're having a conversation and we're getting better. There's nothing other than white. Yeah. I'm not surprised. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I wish we could capture this face right now. I'm sad, Go. though. I wanted to be... You're different. It's okay. You're different. You're different. Well, in what context? Otherwise, no. <laughs> Pretty much... It's okay. One day, baby Greg might be something else. Greg will be Italian. Oof. Because... It's not coming from these British loins. <laughs> That's so, so funny. Um, okay, so I wanted to make sure that we talked about Kanye West. Okay. What's yeah. your favorite album? Um, okay. I get that musically it might not be people's favorite album. And I feel like this is when people started to be like, oh, he's turning. We don't know. Blah, blah, blah. But the life of Pablo means a lot to me. Yeah. Um, and I think it's just because of the time when it came out. It was kind of like this crazy season of my life. And then it was also at the same time that I decided to like walk with Jesus again. And so that album, I feel like is really him kind of being like, well, there's this part of me and there's this part of me. And like, I'm starting to see Jesus and I'm starting to like, you know, kind of walk with God again. Um, and it's kind of a beautiful mess. Do you think that that made being Christian cool? Um, it didn't hurt. Did y'all see, like, a ton of, like, hipster kids come in? No. No, it was, like, um... All in their Yeezus swag. (laughs) I do think that's common now, but I think it's also because, I mean, we could talk about this more, but it's, like, streetwear and, um, how it's now become, like, high-end wear and things like that. It is, I mean, Virgil is the head of Louis Vuitton, so... There's a um, lot of there's a lot of Vice uh, documentaries about that. Yeah, it's not like a new no. groundbreaking theme and conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think just overall, people were in this place where like they identified with it. I identified with that album. Um, I think before that, I love um, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. I mean, there's. I love Kanye since the beginning. I remember I was 17. I was working at a um, hair salon, and I so wild. And I heard Through the Wire for the first time. Yeah. And when I found out I that. that it was actually him singing with his mouth wired Through the shut, Wire. Yeah. It blew my mind. And so it was like, 
oh my gosh, his True. need to create was like beyond me. And so like even now I'm like a Kanye apologist because of that. It's like people are like, I don't understand him. He's so full of himself. And I'm like, well, he kind of has a reason to be. You think he struggles with mental illness? Yeah. 100%. But he's open about that. Yeah. And like I think um, something really traumatic happened to him. He lost his mom and it triggered something he already was struggling with. Yeah. But like even where Donda. we were culturally, like it wasn't it's not the way it is now where like you can go to a therapist and like people aren't like, oh, what's wrong? You're crazy. And like it's more normal to say that like you've got bipolar disorder or that you've got depression and like um it was just a turning point. And so it's like even now, like he's starting to be like more normalized, right? Um, but he had to go through like something really traumatic. He hit rock bottom. Like we all got to see that it was crazy. Um, and then he's starting to get like his ground again and he's decided to follow Jesus, you know? Why do you think that Kanye fans are so loyal? I go through waves where I'm like, oh, it's, I mean, I used to be a huge Kanye West fan. Uh-huh. And I think. Where do you think it fell off for you? I don't really like the way he treats his family. In what way? He, My phone's like buzzing really bad, sorry. He, I don't know him personally, but he seems to really not spend a ton of time with his family. <laughs> Even now, like I'm reading like, oh, he, he and Kim are staying separately during quarantine and Kim's with the kids. Yeah. I mean, I never see – I mean, unless they're all in a group, you never see him in North, like – I mean, you see Travis Scott and his daughter hanging out, like riding bikes together. But that's what you – You never see Kanye West and Northwest out front on balance bikes living their best life. (laughs) I just feel like we don't get to see every part of their life. Like, we get to see what they choose to show us. Paparazzi's out in the bushes, yo. Yes, to a certain degree, but, like – they have a very different reality than us. Like they're not like we we are. Yeah. Well, you I know? mean, I mean, yes and no. I just, I think he struggles with mental illness. Yes. I, I do think that he is a visionary. Mm-hmm. Um. And has a lot of genius. Yes. But I think we also have to recognize that human element of him and uh-huh. kind of be like, sometimes it's too much. Yeah. Um, I think the reason people are so loyal is because we've seen him reinvent himself so many times. And there's probably one version of Kanye West that somebody identifies with. And so I think it's easy to be like, oh, I remember when we were there or, you know, the other thing is that he's not just a musician. He's also, like, an artist, and mm-hmm. he's also in fashion. Yeah. And he has kind of, like, hit every single part of society. Culture. Um, yeah, and culture for sure. Um, and so even if you don't like Kanye West, the artist, you can still appreciate Kanye West, the businessman, or yeah. you can appreciate Kanye West, the artist. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it makes it easier for people to be loyal when they can – when you're so varied of a person, like there are so many layers to Kanye West. Um, yeah, I it's crazy because I'd never heard anyone talk about it like this until I heard Dissect. And Dissect talked about, it's a podcast, and mm-hmm. they talked about um, 
my beautiful dark twisted fantasy and the whole album and um for me it was like I knew that if like Kanye West lost his hearing and he had to cut the legs off of his piano so that he could feel the vibration to like write music the way like Beethoven or I don't remember who it is or Mozart did it um that he would do that so it's like Kanye West would find any way to create even if he like lost his I don't know, sense of sight, you know, like he would still yeah. find a way. Um, and so that made me really, really appreciate him. And I love how like he's continuously reinventing himself. And like, man, I'm trying to think if there's anything that I haven't liked, you know, like. I, there's a lot of his auto-tuned stuff I don't like. It's so over-auto-tuned. Um, yeah. I'd rather him just collaborate with somebody than just auto-tune the shit out of his stuff. Yeah. I'm like. <laughs> but I think that's him also like it's like the way that you can play a guitar and like you can add stuff to it and remove it to like give it give it different sounds like his voice is his instrument so he simply found a way to be like well I'm just gonna play around with this as much as possible and you don't like it and that's okay and I think you don't have to like the sound but you can still appreciate what he did with like messing around with his instrument you know? I think I think he's you know he's the Madonna of our generation. Yeah. For sure. I love Kanye. Yeah. And They're like, whenever people are like, what's the first thing you listen to when you're just in the car? It's like, I'll listen to Kanye all day, every day. Imagine Dragons. <laughs> <laughs> I listen to Nickelback. No, I actually love Imagine Dragons. It's like, um, it's actually funny because people make fun of me so much for it. I mean, it's not bad. I'm it's so like enjoyable. Unapologetic. Yeah, I mean, it's enjoyable music. I feel like they get me. Um, so I've gone through a phase of like, there's three people that I've like listened to continuously. Kanye West has just been the. Oh, no. I love Kesha. You would. Can you dress like her for Halloween? Sure. Yes. I don't know if it's much different than my current outfit. She's a lot of glitter. <laughs> You're probably going to end up looking like JoJo Siwa or whatever her name is. You know, yeah, today is her 17th birthday. Whoa. So somebody made fun of her online talking about how she doesn't dress her look her age. So she just let her hair down and then they gave her crap about that. So damned if you do, damned if you don't. Poor JoJo. I know. Man, Poor she's going to wipe her eyes with dollar bills. <laughs> <laughs> she's going to mix that glitter up. <laughs> be real sad. Um. <laughs> All this money, I don't know what to do. I know. People don't like me. I don't act my age. I don't I'm think she rich. cares. Yeah, I don't think so either. Um, again, because she's so confident in who she is and she's super rich. So she has all that money. Um, so the three people that I have gone through phases where I listen to. Tell me about it. Um, John Mayer. Okay. Like where I would just listen to like all John Mayer. The last thing of John Mayer that I really listened to was, um, Battlefield of the Mind. Okay. I think that's what it was. Battlefield. I don't know. I feel like that's the last album because before he went like real folksy and country and like I don't really listen to I love his new vibe but anyways carry on. Um, And Miguel. Miguel. His John Mayer's post Katy Perry vibe. Hmm. Yeah not super into it. Um, Who? Miguel? Miguel. Interesting. You've you've heard of Miguel. I know but. The only thing is that it's like sex music so it's like Yeah. Yeah I I wouldn't um, say Miguel's on my top five but. I will listen. So are you on House Party at all? I don't know what that is. Okay, House Party is an app where, like, you would say, I'm on, and then just anyone can just jump into your video call. We could actually do a House Party right now and see who's on. I'm okay. Uh, okay, great. 
Well, um, Miguel was having a concert on House Party. And so I get into House Party and my friend joins me as I'm trying to look at House Party. But I didn't know this was a feature. And I was like trying to hang up and I was like, I don't know what's happening, but I don't want to talk to this person right now. And um, I keep getting on House Party to look at Miguel and then this friend jumps on. And I'm just like, I don't want to talk to you. I just want to listen to Miguel. Um, But it was really awful (laughs) and terrible. So I was like voice texting him and I was like, hey, Ely, sorry, not trying to talk to you. I don't know what's happening. I don't know how to use House Party. How can I not talk to you when I join this? I mean, he's great and pleasant, but I was trying to enjoy an hour with Miguel. It'd been a minute, but I feel like that was such an emotionally intimate story that you told, <laughs> and I really don't know where to go from here. It was very emotionally charged, I will say that. It was like a lot of stuff happening in like a short period of time. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you shared that. Yeah, I just wanted to share this story about Miguel and one of the people I listened to. Yeah. But yeah. Anything else that we... No, that's it. <laughs> Uh, Do you feel emotionally exhausted? That's what you look like right now. I was trying so hard to think about who my third would be if I had a top three. I would say Imagine Dragons, Kesha, and who else am I so passionate about as an artist? I actually was laughing because if you look at my Spotify, my searched, like my recently searched artists, it was recent searches. Okay, Kesha. Oh, jeez. Kanye West. Uh-huh. Uh, my sister-in-law, Catherine. Yeah. The Weeknd. Oi. F- Fishing in the Dark by Nitty Gritty Dirt Band. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, the Scots. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the new Travis yeah, Scott, yeah, yeah. Kid Cudi song. Uh, 90s country. 90s as a genre. And Benny no. Blanco. Okay. This, this is my last three searches. Okay. Recent. Okay, no Limit. I was trying to find a G-Eazy song. Okay. No Limit was the first one. Yeah. And oh, then G-Eazy. And then the last one is Yo Perreo Sola from Bad Bunny. It's a great song. Okay. Um, And then trending currently, Russ, Hold Me While You Wait, and Noah Cyrus. There's a band called Arizona. Have you ever heard of them? Mm, probably. I love them. That'd be probably my top Arizona. three. Anyway. Okay, yeah. we'll le- we'll leave it here. Um, and I don't no really- other burning. Wow, I just ruined That's that. Why we need headsets? I know. And um, man, I don't even really know what hashtags we're gonna put on this video. It was a little long. It was all it, it over was, the place. But it I was hope good. you cut stuff out. I feel out. Was, I, I can't. We're not gonna cut anything out. We'll just post the whole thing. Oui. Uh Very Joe Rogany, and I hope people enjoyed <laughs> it and learned from it. I definitely don't listen to Joe Rogan enough, but I. No, you just made a face. I don't like him, and I oh, don't I have like. To sneeze. Oh, he just went to Spotify. Hundred million dollar deal. Jeez. Do and I also don't like Gary Vaynerchuk. Or whatever. He, he always talks about the same thing. I like Joe Rogan because always about something different. Mm. So like, maybe today's guest isn't my cup of tea. Yeah. Maybe tomorrow's is. I think it's just like his voice. He's like, <laughs> Joe Rogan. Yeah. And every episode he talks about MMA. And how whatever guest he has on should should do MMA. And he also talks continuously about how much meat he eats. Oi. How's yeah. his heart? Probably Physically. Fine. I think he's fine. He takes a lot of testosterone. Oi. I don't really know. Um, what did Joe Rogan do before? He's a stand-up comedian and he did Fear Factor. 
Yeah, I and, was trying to remember what mm-hmm. show he was on. Yeah, Fear Factor. And he's a stand-up comedian. And then he got kind of into the MMA announcing thing, and then he started his podcast. And now he signed a $100 million Spotify deal. Nice. <sighs> he's going to have all of his dollar bills just using him as toilet paper. Yep. Make himself a little wig. Yeah. Maybe we'll get that big one day. Maybe. Yeah. And I'll have been the 124th video on your YouTube channel. Yeah. I know. Subscribe. Like and subscribe our video. Comment below. Sure. Uh, Don't you have comment sections? We do, but nobody ever does. Well, this I'll might get. This is pretty polarizing. You might get some comments. It's kind of controversial. Well, I feel like. Sure. Okay. Anyways, and uh, feel free to come by anytime. I love you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, have a good day. Best. Mm-hmm. Bye.